Welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly. Ryan, we have returned from the pit of despair. We have uh, we have recovered from our our journey. That makes one of us. Yeah, I mean, well, I've recovered <laughs> from my journey into Hades. You are still very much in the depths of Hades, which is unfortunate, but... Uh, we all believe in you. We think that you are going to uh, you're going to get past that three headed dog one of these days, and uh, I guess get into hell. I guess he protects hell. So you're just kind of sit. You're in the lobby. Um, how's it going from the from the lobby? You're calling in. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Um, the Lake of Fire feels really balmy from here. Kind of the remove is really nice. Mm. Kind of get that um, that crackling tan on your skin. Yeah, uh, um, life's pretty good down here. I'm, I'm uh, deep in the middle of it. I am. You know, I really started to kind of make friends with my coworker, which is the eagle that eats my liver every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like I've been really guy. enjoying that. Yeah. <laughs> so you got lo- pretty you, good, Patrick. You got you got to <laughs> love what you do. I mean, you can't you can't just. Uh, well, it's it's going to be worse for both of you if you don't get to know the guy. He's 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 going to be there anyway, and the liver's going to it's going to get eaten. You might as well. You might as well make friends with the bird who's doing it. Um, we have a pair of playoff games to talk about here. Uh, you might have heard of them. You might have heard of the college football playoff and the games that were played. Um, I'm not going to apologize for the delay on this. Fuck you. We did it when we did it. We're recording it when we record it. Uh, eat shit. Yeah, I have a life, dude. It's a free yeah. podcast. Leave me alone. Uh, I had stuff to do. I was busy. <laughs> that's, that's my full explanation. Sorry, I had stuff to do. Um, but we're here now. It is not. We were not protesting uh, either of these results. It, personally... I love these results. These are the results that I was dreaming of. This is uh, I, we we really I'm I'm feeling it. I got, I got the the exact outcomes that I was personally hoping for, which means that the sport is good again. Until I get another outcome that I don't like, which is going to be next year, because I don't really care who wins the national championship game as long as Alabama and Texas are not it. Um, and they won't be. So I'm chilling. I've, college football is good again until next year when it becomes bad. But for right now, uh, the 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 wine is flowing, um, and uh, we've we've got we've got two playoff games to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't agree with anything you said. Uh, I got <laughs> I got one result that I liked. Uh, I was happy to see Washington win. I don't like Texas very much, and um, it helps me push some of my agendas. Yeah. Um, the other game is not true. It does not help me with that at all. I mean, I guess, huh. you know, Bama low key trash is fun or whatever, but it's was not worth it for me, obviously. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the juice is not nearly worth the squeeze. Yeah. yeah. I already knew that Alabama sucked. I watched them lose their home field by 10 points. They had a miracle to beat Auburn. Um, here's my biggest takeaway from the first playoff game. I fucking hate Hugh Freeze. I hate him so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's his fault. It's, yeah. What was it? Fourth and thirty-one. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-one yards, brother. Thirty-one. That's so many. That's so many yards. I don't know that Alabama had a single passing play worth thirty-one yards in this football game. I think there was one worth no, twenty-nine, there... but yep. thirty-one is a lot. Thirty-one would have been about a fourth of Jalen Milrow's total passing production in this game. And uh, Auburn did manage to give that up on exactly one play on the literally the one play of the game they couldn't afford to do it on. Um, That is that is pretty that is pretty sick. Uh, It seems like Hugh really, really knows what he's doing down there. Yeah. Let's talk about this L.A. Michigan game first. Before we do that, Pat, uh, do you want to tell the good people about our website? Uh, yeah, our website is meetatmidfield.com. It's uh, it's a college football website. It's a place where we put our writing. We do plenty of writing. I've got a scheme standouts, a special championship game flavored scheme standouts with the all 22, which I don't usually have. It's so much better. It's unbelievable how much better it is than just the regular television broadcast. It's like It's like watching a different sport entirely. I don't know why they don't just air it from that <laughs> broadcast it's way better um so i've got that coming we have all kinds of coverage from taylor on the michigan side of things we i will just tease and not go into specifics we're going to have something on washington from somebody who would know about washington which is going to be really cool uh we have all kinds of stuff over there for the national championship game as well as covering the playoff and covering everything else that is in college football um and uh, on top of that, we have lots of other stuff. We have the message board. The message board was uh, uh, naturally 
on it for these games and and the live threads remain just really you know invaluable as a as a second screen and as a way to watch the game and and to talk to people about watching the game that isn't just like posting screen caps of like a mascot doing something silly or something like that there's not a lot of that it's more actual football discussion which is nice um and we have, of course, the premium podcasts. We have premium episodes of this show. We have premium episodes of your show with Kevin, High Street Freaks. And you can get all of that by going over to Meet at Midfield and, describe, and subscribing. Not describing. I don't know. I'm out of practice. But subscribing at meetatmidfield.com. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, we're also brought to you by our sponsor, Home Apparel. Uh, they are the internet's top purveyor of vintage collegiate apparel. Uh, they have fantastic t-shirts, joggers, jackets, hats, um, probably some other shit too. I'm forgetting <laughs> sweatshirts, you know, hoodies, a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, I got some as Christmas gifts for friends and family, uh, a lot of really great content that I think all you guys will enjoy, um, and, uh, and get a chance to use. Um, so it's great and it's cool this week. They are only selling Washington shirts. Yeah. Um, they are letting you know that if you buy any other kind of shirt and website, it does come with a bomb in the mail. Yeah. Um, so if you do not want to be, uh, bombed at your home, uh, they do encourage you to buy Washington. They said, we can say this by the way, they said it's okay. Yeah. Uh, they're comfortable taking the heat for the federal crimes. They have a fall guy set up. Yeah. Um, so it's all good. Yeah. So yeah. use the crow. Use, yeah. Use the crow. Uh, go ahead. Keep a breath. <laughs> Yeah, use the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I uh, and well, and I am also excited. I'm very excited to announce that I've recently been hired as the shipping director for Homefield, and so I, I'm really, I'm really excited for the opportunity. They said that I will not be in any, any, you know, I'll not be facing any sort of penalty from the police for our actions, um, and so I'm really excited about it. I think that's going to be really cool, and I, uh, I definitely will not be going to, uh, going to prison but yeah that is uh, to to say that they said we could say that is a fun way to say it because connor was a lot more forceful than that i don't know that it was necessarily <laughs> just oh yeah go ahead it was it was a it was a uh, it was kind of a kind of a blunt conversation that he had with us about making clear that you can only buy washington shirts this week i unfortunately you if you're a fan of another team i guess you're just out of luck i, I don't know what to tell you unless you have you know you think that maybe you you could win the battle with the bomb? I know some people think that they're like kind of immune to bombs, which is an understandable. You don't know until you try. Um, but uh, Washington shirts probably the advisable thing to purchase this week if you're going to do that. Uh, and if not, we wish you the best of luck. You have the, you have our you have our blessing. We wish you the best of luck in getting your mail. Uh, and you can use the code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off of your <laughs> first purchase if you have not been to Home Field before. Um, yeah, and if you want something that's not Washington, I guess maybe just wait a week and then you can you can probably order it safely. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, all right, look, let's start off with Alabama, Michigan. Right, it was the first day in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Michigan wins twenty-seven twenty in overtime. Um. Here's the thing. Michigan was the better team all day. Uh, there was a stretch in the second half where Alabama was not playing Michigan. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that second half started off kind of slowly, but then Michigan, uh, or rather Alabama, really seized that momentum yeah. uh, on kind of the fifth drive there. Uh, they, you know, they had made it close in the first half. They're kind of lucky to go into half that went down three. They kind of started to get a lot of momentum, and it felt like they were going to bury Michigan and just never did it. Um, gave up the, the game-tying touchdown the final couple minutes, and – uh, ended up losing in overtime to Michigan. Um, Pat, I, I guess I'll let you kind of summarize your thoughts here first. What is your kind of takeaway on this game? Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the the third and into the fourth quarter thing, the second half lull, because I, I went back and watched it again today to kind of refresh my memory and to, to <laughs> gin up whatever thoughts I still have on the game. Um, and I had on, I, I don't like not fully blanked it out, but I had for, I had forgotten at least a little bit. It was really, really, really bad there for Michigan in the second half offensively. It was really bad. It was, it was not, it didn't look good. It just, it just straight up. It did not look 
it didn't look like they were going to win the game because it didn't look like they were going to be able to move the ball. There were a lot of incompletions. There were some drops. There was just a general feeling that they weren't really getting any traction offensively. And the defense, I thought, stood on its head in those, you know, in those, those, that span where Michigan's offense was not providing it a whole lot of support and obviously kept the game close enough that Michigan could still go down and, and tie it at the end of the fourth quarter. But until that last drive offensively, or the, the I guess, penultimate drive before they kneeled it out, um, they really just they couldn't get a ton going in, in the second half. And I don't think that Alabama, like you said, I, I think Michigan was, was better. Um, I don't think that Alabama was... You know, it, it, you know, like like clearly the better team. It wasn't. Michigan was better, but for that stretch there, it was really, really poorly timed, and Alabama didn't take full advantage. But it it yeah. looked like they were going to win the game. It looked like Alabama was going to win because Michigan was not able to move the ball consistently, and then it did when it needed to. It did, and and really played. I thought pretty much perfectly down the stretch, save for the near disaster could not have been closer to a disaster than than it really was without being one the muffed punt um with like a minute and a half to play uh but outside of that I thought they were pretty much flawless in overtime in the drive to set up overtime in that last defensive drive where I think Alabama got a first down or two and then Michigan just stopped them cold um and in general I was I was really impressed with Michigan I thought Michigan played really well uh, defensively, offensively, it was not it was not the prettiest game in the world. But defensively, save for a couple plays, there was a you know a Milrow, I think Milrow touchdown run or close to it. There were a big there was a big play a big passing play or two. There were I think a couple other Milrow runs. Outside of that. I thought Michigan's defense was extreme. I was really impressed with the discipline. I was really imp- impressed with how prepared they looked and, and how on it they were for pretty much everything Alabama threw at them. That you you would see Alabama moving guys around before the snap. You would see all these different looks, and Michigan always seemed to have an answer for it. And that was really the the biggest thing that I took away from the game was Michigan's defense and how good it looked against an you know an Alabama offense that certainly has its limitations, but is is more than capable of creating coverage busts and, and creating mistakes defensively, and Michigan just really didn't make those. And It is against the SEC, at least, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that was the difference, is that Alabama's defense, I, I think, made a few more mistakes than, than Michigan's did, and Michigan was was up for it down the stretch, and Alabama wasn't. I, I thought Michigan was the more physical team, and, and ultimately, usually the more physical team wins when talent is equated and I, I think it roughly was at least in terms of development recruiting talent is a different thing but Alabama has not done not done as much with those guys as it probably should whereas Michigan's guys looked you know more physical and more impressive and faster and and better and better at football better at the football things that you do on the football field yeah yeah 100 percent um <clears throat> I do think that I mean, look, I talk a lot of shit on Michigan and I still will forever. And uh, I'm going to call this title legitimate if they end up winning it. Uh, I'll do a lot of things here. But I will admit, like, this is what a well-coached football team looks like, right? Uh They recovered from two different precipices of disaster. Uh, I mean, the first one was very early in the game, right? Michigan, on the very first play, through an interception, was overruled. I I mean, I'm not going to get into it here, but I don't think I, I still don't think that heel was down. Uh, uh, it's not really the point. I think the heel uh, was, it's not really the point. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. They go matter, through it out. Yeah. They punt. Uh, Alabama gets the ball back. They punt. Samaj Morgan, who's a bad player, uh, <laughs> did fumble that football and get recovered by Alabama. Leads to a very fast Alabama touchdown. Uh, Michigan scores a great answering drive to tie things up. Uh, then Alabama goes three and out in the punt. There was a non-called, very clear running to the kicker that should have extended the drive. Um, and that was robbed from Alabama. Then uh, you have kind of a battle of punts where Alabama scores again uh, late in the second quarter. Um, Alabama gets a field goal to kind of make it a little closer before halftime here, but Alabama's largely outplayed in that first half. Uh, then they come out. It's a few punts back and forth again to start the second half. Bama gets that long touchdown drive for eight plays, 55 yards uh, to score just before or just at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, they hold Michigan to a three and out. They get a generous uh, kind of start to the drive. They return football to 33. Um, they get a big play in the first one. Uh, Jalen Milrow runs across half field. He stumbles and trips and 
kind of falls into Quentin Johnson's helmet and the ball comes out. Uh, and Michigan recovers before it goes out of bounds. And that kind of flipped the game, even though uh, even though Michigan missed the field goal on a subsequent drive and Alabama got a field goal on their next drive. Uh, they Even on that second Alabama drive there, right, they had first and 10 to Michigan 30 uh, after running for, I believe it was 37 rushing yards on four attempts in their first five plays of that drive. They were just gashing Michigan a little bit in defensive line. Um, they then come out, substitution penalty, which you, know, you saw Saban's face when that happened. Uh, they throw two little dump-off passes, and they get sacked on third down, and um, they kick a long field goal but didn't have a chance to go for what would have been a game-ending touchdown probably if they kind of execute that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, if they just, you know, get even a few yards on third down, they could have gone for that and tried to end the game. Uh, but didn't do it. Um, you know, as what it is. Then Michigan gets their huge answer drive late. Uh, they go, you know, eight plays and 75 yards, including one of the more ridiculous plays I've seen that J.J. McCarthy uh, trick play. Um then, you know, it goes to overtime and Michigan does what it does with that terrible. I mean, I, I think the terrible Alabama play calling is a key factor here. But look, Michigan was much better coached. It was better on the lines um, and its fuck ups happened at better times, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, is the way I would describe it, which is a, a factor of coaching, too, here. I mean, they, they recovered from some tough punches. They came back and they outplayed Alabama and won the football game. Yeah, um, I do think that Michigan was better on both lines. Uh, Alabama obviously oh, I, their center the entire I think time. it was I think it was clearly better on both lines. I think it was significantly significantly better on both lines. I, I all day yeah. I, I thought they were better. I, on both I, lines. I I will say a little bit here that like some of the look I understand it's a big game. There's always going to be like chest beating after a game like that, which is deserved, right? When you haven't been a relevant team for 20 years, you deserve to uh, beat your chest a little bit and, and kind of get proud after a big win. People are in that, mm-hmm. um, but. It, the idea that like Dallas Turner was shoved into a like, shoved into a box or something, I think is insane. Uh, I don't understand where that's coming from. He had a, a huge sack in that game. He had like three other quarterback hits and uh, was playing a pretty consistent role in pressuring McCarthy. Uh, he was one of the few things on Alabama's defense, like keeping him in that game as well as Caleb Downs. Uh, I don't think that the Alabama linebackers or defensive line played very well overall, but I will say like the narrative about Dallas Turner is very simple. Uh, he was a good player in that game. He was very effective. I, I do not understand that one. Yeah. I, um, I, he statistically, yes, I didn't notice him as much as I would have liked to. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, like that's tough though. When, when again, when no one else in your team is making an impact at all and it comes down to one guy, you know, there was a lot of focus on him for Michigan's offensive line for good reason. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that I, I don't really understand that he disappeared there. Like when a guy has a big sack and, and nearly had another one, he crunched the party. Uh, I don't really, Gift that he disappeared. Yeah, my uh, my, my the, I th- I think basically where that comes from, and and in general where some of the the takeaways from this game come from are the end of it, which is the thing that everybody remembers. Because um, <laughs> for a lot of the game, there wasn't a whole lot happening, and on the last Michigan touchdown drive, where it, it works its way down the field and has the the fourth and two completion um, to uh, to to Corum where he's wide open. Um, Alabama yeah. just just didn't handle it well, and that was one of several times in the game that Alabama just did not handle a a you know an offensive play call especially well. Didn't didn't pass off yeah. assignments in the way that you're supposed to. Um, but on that last drive and then in overtime, which Michigan's overtime <laughs> you know experience offensively was all of two plays, but that was when Michigan's offensive line was, was at its, I think it, at its best in the game, which is good. That's when you want them to be at their best is on the last drive. Sure. Um, and they that's were, a credit to Ben Herbert too. It's like about a few times, right? Yeah. Uh, Michigan tends to in this game strong. They're very well conditioned and strong football team. Yeah. 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 They were, they were dominant. They were dominant down the stretch when they needed to be. I thought on that last drive, they were just about perfect. Um, the, the tipped ball completion to Roman Wilson, uh, where he, I mean, he made an incredible catch to go up and get that. That could have, yeah. that could and have McCarthy gone. McCarthy made an incredible catch to throw that ball in the first play. Yeah, well, that was, no, the other that, play. That, that was, was, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, earlier, sorry, but another, another one that was, yeah. yeah, another, but, but Roman yeah, Wilson, yeah, 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 he, he made an incredible catch, but also like, 
going back and watching the play, J.J. McCarthy had the cleanest pocket you could really reasonably ask for. The route took forever to develop. He came from the other side of the field. It was it was a deep crosser from the other side of the field, and Alabama's defensive line just was not getting there, was not getting really even a hand in his face. He had a clean pocket, um, and that's that's a credit to, to your offensive line that you can do that, um, that you can have a play that takes that long to develop that works, where you have a guy like, yeah, you're going to have a guy open when that, when that happens. Um, and Michigan's offensive line on, you know, on the ground was really good down the stretch. Obviously, there was the Blake Corum touchdown run to, to you know, the eventual game winner. But just in general, there were several big runs, big gash plays. Um, and so I was impressed with, with both of Michigan's lines. Michigan's defensive line obviously made several plays in overtime and down the stretch, as well as for most of the first half, just completely, I mean, Alabama couldn't do anything. <laughs> Alabama could not, yeah. could not really move the ball. It got that, that touchdown off of the muffed punt in the first quarter. But outside of that, it was, it was pretty much just Jalen Milrow, yeah. you know, running for his life and, and hoping that, <laughs> you know, Alabama hoping he could find a, a way through the Michigan line and the Michigan front. And he didn't all that often. Um, the other thing that, that beyond the lines, the thing that really, you, you, you kind of alluded to this with talking about the just the way that the game broke down, and we talked about this back in, like, September. We, we talked about this back at the very beginning of the season, that Alabama, one of, the, one of the things about this specific Alabama team that was kind of jarring and that obviously hurt them here and hurt them for much of the season is that they made all year, and they made in this game as well, mistakes that you just don't really see Alabama make, that you don't really see Nick Saban teams make, where dumb penalties, just not completely unnecessary penalties. Um, (laughs) Snaps going between a quarterback's legs six times on one drive and completely ending the drive. Um, Guys defensively who it, it looked like they didn't know what they were doing against motion just regular motion nothing nothing crazy nothing they should you know nothing they haven't seen before but not passing off assignments correctly at the second and third levels um i saw a lot of that i saw a lot of of alabama linebackers and safeties just kind of chasing guys um you were i i'll say in in the game that i have seen the most of him now this season and it was kind of watching him specifically uh you were totally spot on with jalen key he sucks that kid is not he's just not capable of playing at this level. he was out of position no. constantly no. he was con he looks slow as shit and he, and he was out of position the same thing, right? yeah just, um what else do you expect right when you take lower level transfers who don't excel at like lower conferences, they're not going to do the same of bigger play. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. And yeah. and so there was a lot of that, and then there was also a lot of moments where I thought Alabama just kind of looked slow, especially at linebacker. And I know that people were high on Deontay Lawson, but I saw a lot of the back of his jersey, and I don't want to see the back of a linebacker's jersey very often. And it was a lot of chasing. It was a lot of guys not winning the the race to the edge. And you see it on that that big touchdown pass on just mesh in I think the second quarter. Um, you see it with the, the, the quorum breakaway, both of them, I guess. And, and just on a lot of completions and on a lot of runs, Alabama wasn't in the right spot and either wasn't in the right spot because it didn't seem to know that it was supposed to be there. Didn't seem to know who was supposed to be doing what, or because they just couldn't get there fast enough. Um, and it was kind of, uh, you know, that was a problem for Alabama about a decade ago and they went and fixed it. And it feels like that kind of that, that malaise defensively at the second level and the third level has come back a little bit where they just didn't quite look fast enough to keep up. And, and it, it hurt them quite a few times. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is something like for as much as we praise Saban for his career. And again, obviously he's the greatest of all time. It feels like he's had to relearn the lesson on his strength and conditioning staff for what's going to be like the third time now. Yeah. Um, like he keeps cycling back and forth between uh, fast elite teams uh, who fly over the field versus these like bigger quote unquote physical lineups that don't actually play that. And this is like a good defensive scheme by and large. I think Alabama's defense was good much of the season, but uh, since they lost Ray to the Saints, I don't think the new SEC staff there has been very impressive. I don't think they've done much. They didn't really hire well to replace him. Um, and that was that happened, what, I don't know, three, four years ago at this point. And 
some of those questions are Alabama, where they've had these lesser teams is a result of that, right? They're not kind of fitting to the need they have to. And, you know, you see some of the things bad SEC hires at, you know, Ohio State at times and other, and other, and other teams like that. It's a, it's a problem for, uh, for, for quite a few programs, obviously. And I, you know, I, again, I praise Ben Herbert at Michigan several times for his SEC program. He's fantastic. Yeah. And that's shown up in Michigan's lines and it shows up. And I think in several positions across the field, yeah. um, that works well for them. So it's something where I think that's a, a gap between good and bad teams, you know, between teams with like the level of expectations these two have this season, which are, you know, Alabama has it every year. Michigan's had it for the last couple uh, is championship or bust, right? That's kind of like the expectation you're going in with. And when you're at that level, things, the margins matter a lot. And sure, Alabama recruits better athletes out of high school than Michigan does, but Michigan maximizes them more because they have a better SNC program developed and better at the type and fits their needs to what they do in the football field. And Alabama is not doing that. Ohio State is not doing that. Yeah. The programs are not doing that. USC doesn't do that. Um, you know, Texas, I don't think really does that very well. Like uh, teams that bring in these <sighs> questionable SNC practices to me, um, I think that's a problem for some of them. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was very impressed by, by Michigan control the lines. I thought their coaching was really good. I thought Sherman Moore called a great game. I thought, you know, Minter's defense did very well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that I, I'm not saying this to discredit Michigan's defense. It's fantastic too, but like Tommy Rees also, I thought called a pretty horrible game. Um, Top to bottom. That doesn't discredit what Michigan did because they still have to make the plays, right? They still, they, I mean, like the reason yeah. a lot of what Reese was doing looked so bad is because Michigan kept winning at the line of scrimmage yes. and Alabama was on offense. Yeah. However, there are things you can take to mitigate that. Alabama did virtually none of that. Yeah, right. and, they, they and part of that is also like stuff that we've been talking about with Alabama, which is personnel limitations at wide receiver. They don't have guys who scare you at wide receiver, and none of their receivers. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they didn't. They didn't scare you. They didn't do anything that would make and you. They have it for years. Yeah. yeah, since Jameson Williams was there. Yeah, I don't know why they're letting. <laughs> I don't know why they're letting Bond wear seventeen. He does not deserve to wear seventeen. No, <laughs> His ass has not done crazy. anything to get seventeen. Come on, put him in eighty-three. <laughs> Just give give him a give yeah. him a shitty number until further notice. Um, but yeah, I I think that that's I I think that that's fair as well. That Reese, I mean Reese just doesn't really move me um in general i think that he kind of <laughs> got a lot of credit he for, is who we thought he was yeah he got a yeah. lot of credit this year for just not you know fucking with jalen milrow anymore just letting him run basically <laughs> letting him run around instead of trying to make him something that he isn't um and i guess getting out of the way is better than getting in the way but when you have to play in a game like this it, it comes back up when you don't have answers and when you don't have a clear uh, idea of what it is that you do <laughs> to 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 adjust for a defensive front that can actually handle your line and and not only handle it but excel against it and Alabama never really found an answer for guys like Mason Graham um or or for some of the pressure that Michigan kept throwing at them and and, and I thought that you know like you were saying the strength and conditioning for Michigan I thought really shown on the defensive side at the second level with the third level. I was impressed with Mike with, uh, with yeah, Michael Barrett and junior Colson. I thought they both played really well. Um, Rod Moore flashed a lot to me. I, I kept seeing him making plays. I kept seeing him in the right spot. Yeah. Mike Sandra still is obviously, you know, he, he had that tough, that tough play in the first quarter on the missed tackle against Milrow. But other than that, I thought he was all over the place. Um, mm. I thought Will Johnson played really well. Their tackling was fantastic, as as it has been all season. Yeah, Junior Colson had a big game. Yeah, and, and they just were in the right spots, and they had the right answers. They had guys when they sent pressure. They had guys replacing in the right places. They they baited Milrow into the kind of throws that you can bait Milrow into, and they never. They never let it get dumb. They never let it devolve to the kind of game that Alabama's offense wants it to be. They they were above it. They 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 had it physically up front. They had it handled, and so they could continue to mix things up in the back end. And they I thought they did it really well. Um and, and yeah I I don't know if I have a ton. I don't know if I have a ton else. I, I Michigan's offense didn't have uh, you know a super <laughs> impressive game, but. They scored when they needed to twice, and it's hard to it's hard to complain about a, a playoff win. Um, they did enough to win the game, and that was all they that was all they needed to do. The offense did enough and got the plays when it needed to get the plays, and, and you know stepped up when it needed to. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and credit to them, they deserve credit for that. I will 
say, I mean, like, it's not going to be remembered much in a, in a losing effort in a game like this, but I was pretty impressed with uh, Jason McClellan for Alabama. Yeah. Um, I thought he kind of turned a corner where he had been a very quiet guy after his recruiting rankings. And I, I do think he's developed it throughout the year. And he didn't look like a jag up there. I thought he looked like a pretty effective back who was making some plays in the open field. And uh, a kid I thought has come along. So it's not going to matter much in the long run. Because I wasn't remember this Alabama season very fondly down there. But I do think he's come on quick. Yeah. Um, and credit to him for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the rest of the team, fuck them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I do have to say, Bama fumbling, uh, what, how many did they fumble? Like uh, I think it was four five. or five times that game between Muffs. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's not. There were eight total yeah. fumbles this game um, between Muffs and actual fumbles. That's insane. Um, hold the football. What are you fucking losers doing? You guys all scared? Play football. <laughs> Um, what's wrong? Yeah, what's wrong with the gloves? What are you doing here? You got the you got the fucking sticky gloves. Come on, <laughs> hold on to the yeah. football. You've got glue on your hands. You're Man, telling how... me you're letting go to the ball. One one more play. I remember here. How big of a fucking play was Jake Thaw keeping that football out of the end? Um, I mean, first of all, everyone's like you know praising him. I think Dan tweeted like God bless Jake Thaw or whatever. But like mm-hmm. he is the one who dropped the football in the first place. <laughs> He kind of just mitigated his own mistake. Yeah, uh, but but uh, he did he did mitigate his own mistake. You have to hand it to him there. He yeah. didn't. He did not <laughs> suffer what would have been probably the worst play of all time. <laughs> Yeah, a, a truly just, just. Uh, uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I think it would have been one of the best plays of all time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he planted his ass at the one yard line. <laughs> he said, I'm not. It. We're not. Uh, we're not going to go out like this. It's not going to be. It's not going to be that. People don't need to know fucking Jake Thaw's name. And that was. He did a good job of uh, of making sure that no one will remember Jake Thaw five years from now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, all right, we had a fun game to talk about, too. Uh, Washington versus Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Um, what a banger here, right, as Washington wins 37-31. Um, I think a lot of people remember the ending of that game, which came down to it way too close. I want to relitigate this really quick. There's a whole okay. game to talk about, but the thing people were angry about or bitching at Kalen DeBoer for, I think if you think about it for more than five seconds – he did not make the wrong choice. Um, so the, the game, this game came down to it. I mean, Washington had it basically wrapped up and hit that field goal uh, to go up 37-28 with 2.48 left or whatever it was. Uh, Texas gets a field goal. Washington comes out. They have 109 left with, I believe it was, uh, two timeouts left for Texas. Yeah, two timeouts. So the first head on Texas 44 to the onside kick. They run it for two yards. Timeout Texas. They run it for eight yards, timeout Texas. Third and five, uh, they go for no gain, and Dylan Johnson gets hurt, uh, and the injury timeout stops the call. Yeah. People were calling for Kalen DeBoer to kneel that ball. Yeah. Here's the decision matrix. If you get the first down on third down, the game is over. If you kneel the ball, you are guaranteed to punt the football back to your opponent and give them the ball left with at least two plays, if not three. Right, if they time it correctly. Um, because of that, and, and, and the first thing too, like the injury timeout for an offensive player that's going to stop the clock is crazy. He's not faking injury. It's not like a a game flow rule. That is yeah. nuts. Yeah. There's no way that should stop the clock, uh, first of all. Uh, second of all, you cannot plan for a play with the idea of what if my player gets hurt in mind. That is insane. You cannot do that. That is yeah. not a consideration you can have. Um Washington chose to either one, run the clock with a chance of ending the game right there, or two, run the clock with no chance of ending the game and guaranteed to give the ball, guaranteed to give the ball back to their opponent. That is it. That's the two choices they had to make. Uh, a freak injury does not make that a bad decision. This is not the Mario Cristobal for Protect game. Uh, criticizing DeBoer for that call, I think, is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. In, in retrospect, yes. In the moment, I was, I was, you know, distraught because <laughs> it was like boy it would be so yeah. nice to have yeah. to have texas on the five yard line with 15 seconds rather than 47 at the 40 yard line or whatever it was after of course, the, the disastrous yeah, yeah after the disastrous penalty on the ensuing uh punt return um I, that's it's it's fair because like washington has successfully put the game away 
several times doing that this season. Washington has played pretty much this exact football game approximately 14 yeah. times this yeah. season. This is the this is Washington football. This is what they do. This is the game they've played all year. They go and they they take a lead and it looks like they're going to put it away in the third quarter. They're not quite able to do it. They go into the last stretch with a a comfortable enough lead. They give up a very quick touchdown. They get the ball back on offense, and then usually they put the game away. Um, and when they don't put the game away offensively, or the you know there's still a chance that you could drive down and tie or win it for the other offense, the defense comes up and makes a play, and then that's what happened here. And they stretched it out as far as they could possibly go, and then they made one hell of a play as time was expiring. It was it was as well played <laughs> a pass into the end zone as I think you could possibly ask for from a cornerback, just smacked it out of bounds, um, jumped yeah. up over a very tall Adonai Mitchell and just smacked it out of bounds, which is hard to do. Yeah. Um, but See, that, that it, it was a perfect play given the ball that was thrown, but I will say there, he wasn't defending the goal line. They're, they're, like, I think they just knew Texas tended to be left for that jump ball through the to AD Mitchell down there. Yeah. But if Quinn throws that shorter back towards the pylon, I don't know if with AD Mitchell boxing out the corner, if he could have made a play. Yeah. Um, that's, the, I mean, look, it was an awesome play. I'm not trying to think of it. Yeah. You're, you're preparing for a quarterback that Texas doesn't have at that point. You're, 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 there, Probably, he's not, yeah, he's yeah. not going to. You don't need to work because he's not going to. He's going to throw the ball up yeah. and hope that somebody yeah, goes, goes up and gets yeah. it. Um, the 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 sequence honestly of the Washington play calling and decision making down the stretch that I would take more issue with was the drive before, um, where and and I think Dan pointed this out uh, on Twitter, but like the game management down the stretch for Washington was not not yeah, you're ideal. Ball. Um, yeah. And there were you know they get down to the goal line after that that crazy completion to Romo Dunze. Um, down the sideline, which was uh, in a in a game of amazing Michael Penix throws, one of his best. Um, they get down yeah. there. First play is a is a two yard run with with three forty one to play. Then they run again and lose two yards. And then on third and goal, um, I don't know if he, I don't know if he went out of bounds. I don't remember if the halfback went out of bounds or what. But only eleven seconds come off the clock between that second down run and a third down incompletion. So from second down to fourth down, you take uh, about 17 seconds off the clock before kicking a field goal. Uh, that's come on. We got to get we got to get a little bit more. We got to get a little bit more time off the clock here, fellas. Let's let's either you go for the end zone, which means you don't hand off to your backup running back on first and goal from the 10, or you just run the ball three times and then kick a field goal, and you take either as much time off. I, I guess there was probably I think maybe there was a timeout. Um, you take as much time as you possibly can off the clock. And you drain those timeouts. You make it that Texas does not have any timeouts left. Um, if that's the worst thing you get out of that drive and a field goal, you're fine. You're up by 13, and Texas doesn't have any timeouts with two and a half minutes to play. Um, that Texas got out of that with a timeout is not. You just can't do that. You cannot give them a free. Yeah. You can't give them a freebie at that point. You're probably not scoring from the 10 yard line. I get you want to go for the game. You want to go on. The, you know, you put it put it in your quarterback's hands, but. You had two downs earlier to do that. If they you were also only do it. did that one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you were going to do it, do it on first and second down. Um, you don't need to do it on third and fucking goal from the ten. That's not. It's the the likelihood is low. That's a hard throw. That's a hard play. Just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either drain the clock and get all those timeouts out, and then kick a field goal or go for the score, but you can't do, you can't do both. You need to, you need to pick one. And I feel like they were kind of, they, they shifted from one to the other in a way that could have cost them a lot more than it did. And st- I mean, it very, very <laughs> nearly did. Uh, but that was the sequence that I had more issue with than the other one. I, I think that that first one was the problem rather than the second one. The second one, you, you can't, like you said, you can't plan for your halfback getting hurt on that play. That's not, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. I think, I think that's all fair. Um, you know, I will say here, uh, I think when I, we talked about this game, I noted a couple of things, which was the quarterback duel aspect, I think was the biggest one, right. Yeah. Of like the idea of Quinn Ewers had been trending really strong yeah. over the last, especially post his injury. Uh, and Penix had had kind of a tough, a tough series of games on the stretch. And a lot of that seems to come down to the rib injury he was working through. Uh, and getting healthy probably did a ton for him. And uh, I mean, I thought Quinn played very well in this game. He wasn't perfect, but 
he completed 65% of his passes and, and accumulated like 372 total yards, I believe it was. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that Quinn, Quinn played really well in the second half. Quinn did not play especially well in the first half. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, okay. But but that's also the second half of Washington. Play. I don't think it's yeah. Um, but but Penix was fucking brilliant, right? I mean, yeah. just absolutely perfect in the day. I mean, he went off for 461 total yards, two touchdowns uh, between his rushing and passing efforts. Um, he dodged so many rushes that the Alabama defensive, sorry, Alabama, Texas defensive line between Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat is so good uh, at times. And, and I thought he did so well handling that pressure. Uh, that fucking missile of a touchdown throw he had to the Jalen McMillan uh, to open the second half. Mm-hmm. My God. Uh, he had so many great balls in the day. That we're going to remember some and forget others. But I mean, Penix was just. He looked like the best quarterback in America enough to the point that people were doing revisionist history about how good Jalen Daniels was yeah. <laughs> uh, throughout the season. <laughs> and, I mean, that's the kind of game that people will remember from him forever, and I think he's just not a fucking eater right now. Um, yeah. And, I, I, I mean, that's uh, – he looked unreal, dude. He, he just looked perfect, and I thought Washington's receivers played very well, like Roman Dunze, Jalen Polk especially, McMillan had – uh, a few big plays in there, but was definitely the lesser threat. Your your favorite guy, Jack Westover, was all over the field. Let's go, uh, Jerry Bernard. He, yeah, <laughs> Jerry Bernard even came back to tribute again. Yeah, um, you know it was uh, uh, shit. What can you say for Washington? They they, they play Texas and uh, a pretty heavily pro Texas crowd and tore them the fuck up and then talked shit to their fans afterwards. Yeah, uh, you love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Penix was. I mean, there's really not a great way to. There's not a great way to describe it without still understating it. Like he he was as good as you could really reasonably ask a college quarterback to be. Um, and some you know, like one, I think probably there are a lot like you said to choose from. I think maybe my favorite throw that he made in the game was fairly early on. I don't know if you saw the clip of it or, or saw it live where. The, the, he's uh it's a it's a go route i think i watched the game yeah. well yeah I, I it's it's a it's a go route i think to um to odunzi and and uh there's like a second to throw the ball he gets the snap and immediately there's i think a defensive end just in his face ready to ready to hit him and he fires it off and is like spinning around afterward like a no, <laughs> no look go ball that's just right on the fucking money um and uh he was doing that all day he he did that all game long just perfect throw after perfect throw after perfect throw there's not a a part of the field that he can't hit he, if somebody's open he's gonna find him and and <laughs> move the move the ball down the field to him um and every every time they needed a big play from him he delivered a big play uh Jalen Polk was excellent Odunze was excellent Jalen McMillan had the the touchdown catch and and I thought played a you know a, a bigger role even than his stats would indicate just by being there and by taking up you know the attention of another defensive back Texas didn't have you know Nobody has, but Texas didn't have the defensive backs to hang with those guys, which is understandable. Um, And that was ultimately the difference is that Washington has a quarterback who will not miss when somebody is open, no matter where it is. And it has three receivers who are always fucking open. And (laughs) that's a pretty good recipe for putting points on the board and for moving the ball down the field. And they did it reliably. Um Jack Westover, of course, my favorite guy, had a big game and, and did what he always does, which is just made big catches. He didn't do anything else. He just makes big catches, and we love that. Um, and they and, and Penix as a runner. You know, he only did it three times. He only had the three carries for 31 yards, but that he, I mean, this is a guy who has had... Shit, they all counted. Yeah, yeah. they all counted, and, and they were all important. And this is a guy who has had a you know a pretty well-known history of, of significant knee injuries, of leg injuries. And in the biggest game of his of his team's season, the biggest game of his career, um, he was not at all, no hesitation, no fear going into the teeth of the Texas defense, just moving the chains and, and, and doing what his team needed to do. And you know, at one point he ran through a guy as he finished a run. Um, he, he is just, he, he is the team. It's, 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 that's not to say that they're a, that they're a one man team or a one man offense. Cause they're certainly not, but the attitude that this Washington team has taken this season and, and the, the way that they have won games and just the confidence that they have in, 
in every really in every moment to, to just handle their business and get done what they need to get done and step up and make a big play to win the game, which they do on defense, they do on offense, whatever it is. It is all, you can tie it all directly back to Michael Penix. You can see it as a reflection of him and as a, you know, as a leader of the team. They have taken on his personality. And when you do that as an entire football team, he's a damn good player. You're going to win a lot of football games. It's really nice to have an entire team of guys who have Michael Penix's mentality. <laughs> like that, that works. That, that you're, you're going to, you're going to win a lot of football games and they've won 14 of them. Um, and I, I thought that, that Texas, you know, made the run at the end and, and nearly, nearly, uh, stole this one, but Washington was better. Washington was the better team. They were more talented. I thought they had better ideas <laughs> offensively and they just, they have better players. Washington won because they have better players than Texas does. And sometimes that's, you know, that's plenty and <laughs> they're, they're better coached and they were more physical and they were better. They were just, they were better. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, I mean, Penix is, he's just one of the most transcendent quarterbacks we've seen in, I don't know, a long time in college yeah. football, right? It's been, it, it, I mean, not to say, we see a lot of great players come through, obviously, maybe I'm being reactive here, but we're not doing the full preview in this episode, but I mean, the path to Washington for winning a championship here, where they're, I think, pretty clearly going to be disadvantaged on both lines disadvantage of quite a few possessions or positions rather is just the idea that Michael Penix cannot do anything wrong right yeah. now uh, and can distribute the football over the field and hit throws that frankly, no one else in the sport is really hitting at any kind of consistent clip um, and making plays against pressure that no one else can make and doing things that are just incredible to watch that sometimes that's enough to win a title in college sports, you know, whether it's basketball or football, sometimes the right guy gets hot. It is great enough. He just carries you to where you're trying to go. Um, and I don't know, man. I think he's got a shot to do it. We're going to find out. But it's I'm excited to watch it happen. Yeah, it, it is a it's it's a, a really, really good matchup, a very fascinating matchup. And like you said, we're not going to do the full preview on this show. But um, it is the kind of thing where, like, yeah, you can win a championship when you have an entire team of guys who are absolutely adamantly not afraid at all of any moment that they are in. Um, there's not, I mean, Washington is not going to have to get its, its footing in the national championship game. That is not going to be a stage that Washington's like, oh shit, we didn't, uh, we didn't think we were going to get this far. Like, no, there's not a single guy on that team who thinks that they are worse at any position than Michigan is. And they yeah. are, like, they are, there are positions where Michigan has a clear advantage, but Washington has gone, you know, into every single game, into every single environment this year and stared it down and said, fuck you, we're better than you. No, we're going to go win the game. We've been yeah, here. Just we, yeah, yeah, we know how yeah. to do this. We're going to win it. We're going to find a way to win it because we have Michael Penix and we have these receivers. We have a defense that steps up and makes plays when it needs to. We're going to win the game. And they, there's just no no fear, no hesitation, no nothing from these guys. They just go and do it. No. And they just do it every and, and, single game. And they've done it all year. By the way, I was counting up while we were, uh, we were talking there. Uh, 22 of Penix's 41 touches uh, went for a first down or a touchdown. Um, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty more good. than half the time you put the ball in his hands, <laughs> it results in a first down or a touchdown in this game. Jesus, against the Christ. defense that's been pretty goddamn good. Not yeah. perfect, but pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> and Washington's defense, too. I mean, no one's going to talk about it, uh, <laughs> right, based on this game. because They were Texas good for most of the game. And, uh, but they were good enough. Yeah. And, and that's it. But here's the thing also. They were good in exactly the way we said they had to be, yeah. which is Braylon Trice and the cornerbacks making plays. Yep. All they ever do, I need, mean, right? They don't really stop the run. Uh, in Texas, it had a, quite a bit of success rushing the football here, yeah. which is a concern for for Monday's game. Is you know they ran for 180 yards at, at 6.4 yards per clip. I mean that's uh, a <laughs> that's a bit of a concern. <laughs> yeah. I'd say. But but nonetheless, Braylon Trice made two sacks. Jabbar Muhammad had a couple big pass breakups. Even like. It looked like he separated his shoulders pretty close to it. Like, yeah, I mean, something happened there, and he went back out there and played again and uh, and played really well. And there was obviously the huge pass breakup on um, uh, on A.D. Mitchell at the goal line, right? A couple of big plays there where Texas – sorry, Washington's, like, the secondary and Braylon Trice just made some individual plays. And yeah. that's what they do on defense because they are not going to – they're not going to, you know, hold you to, like, 3.6 yards per play or something like that and shut you down. 
Uh, but they will make some key plays, get the ball back when they have to. Yeah. Um, and and credit to them, they did their job. And um, man, something else I think about just like we talk about these two games, the turning point moment where Ryan Grubb was offered uh, two million dollars by Alabama to go be their offensive coordinator, and uh, Washington matched it and kept him at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of showed some loyalty to uh, to Kevin DeBoer there. And they told stories about. Uh, Grub, you know, taking the job to coach for the board, their first gig in South Dakota yeah. in his laundry room. Uh, <laughs> that story they told. I, I mean, what does this team look like without Ryan Grubb, right? What is what does Alabama look like if they had him instead of Tommy Reese? I mean, this this national picture is so much different if that one change happens. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and, and like in addition to to you know Penix and the fact that they keep winning these games, I wonder where that fearlessness comes from. Maybe it certainly you know maybe it maybe it helped in the off in the off season when your offensive coordinator looked at a two million dollar offer from the the you know the, the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, the yeah. dynasty <laughs> of the era, and said no, <laughs> no, I'm going to stay with my guys. I'm going to stay with the team that I have. I think we can win a national championship. That probably helps a team's confidence when a guy does that when you get yeah. that that level of you know that that vote of support and that that trust from a coach where he goes and backs it up he's not just saying it he turned down money he turned down he turned down the chance to go coach for Nick Saban in Alabama he's you know stuck around and he stood on business yeah that's like that's why they <laughs> that's why they are how they are that is this is the Washington is not putting on an act when it does this. Washington's belief in in the way that they do things is admirable and extremely rare in in anything and in, in in college football. And when you have guys this good who all have that level of faith in each other, yeah, you're going to be really, really, really hard to beat, and nobody's done it. And we're going to have an undefeated national champion, and I, I, it's going to be very, very hard to. To, to say that that you know whoever wins that game isn't one of the better teams that we have seen in several decades. It's I think we have two of the best teams that college football has seen in a while in this national championship game, and and whoever wins that has has achieved something very very impressive. Yeah, I, I do want to say, look, we're not doing the full preview right now. Um, I do think Michigan is probably going to be able to beat Washington just because of the dominance, the line of scrimmage they're going to have. Uh, it's really hard to overcome that. Uh, it's why Michigan's won so many games they have this season. They're great on both lines. But I will say, and I know you're not going to agree with this, you're going to say or whatever, but from a moralist perspective, or even just from like <laughs> a narrative perspective, a narrative perspective, like the false righteousness of Michigan and like this false persecution complex of like everyone set upon them and they were just so innocent and it just they happened to stumble into this like hornet's nest where everyone's weaving webs to kind of get them in trouble and Gigi McCarthy this week even after winning a semifinal game is like making up stories about knowing Ohio State scout in Michigan in 2019 and 2020 when he was playing fucking high school football uh and all these things compared to what you just described the actual real confidence and self-belief and uh, of this Washington team and sometimes the difference doesn't matter, right? Sometimes, like, this concocted self-belief, like, Georgia's had it for many years, right? They're pretty smart. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough, right? Sometimes that outside narrative you tell yourself to get worked up, like, the thing Michael Jordan did many times, sometimes that matters. That, that works just as well. But versus the genuine self-held belief of a guy turning down fucking Alabama, coming up all the way from Sioux Falls to this level to play a national title game with the same guy the entire time, riding that hard together yeah, these rec- to coming to this point these receivers coming back michael Penix coming back like like the team these, staying these together coming from back. last Penix year coming back Penix being written off after all his injuries and now coming back to this season to be the best player in college football maybe you're close to it um you know beating how many games the underdog the teams were favored against them they were talked about as uh, you know a second tier team by a lot of people i even thought they couldn't do this right i was kind of skeptical in the offseason because of the line play in the secondary to do all of this to get to this level to play the way they played against Texas and a, you know, a big time dog, you know, on basically the way game with how that crowd shaped out. And they're going to do it again in the championship, right? They're not going to be up there. Michigan's going to have probably 70% of that crowd might I guess. Um, to have the chance to do it one more time and to actually come through against this false persecution complex of a team that, you know, cheated for two seasons and got caught doing it. And it's now pretending like their head coach is a martyr after getting caught with what he did. You know, I think to, to see them win in the playoffs, would be one of the best narratives of all time and such a fucking sweet feeling. 
I don't think I'm going to get it to happen because I think that um, I think that Michigan's going to be too dominant line of scrimmage. But my God, would it feel fucking good? Well, and you think that I mean you're you're at this point I, I, understandably so. You do think that God is punishing you for something. <laughs> it does it does seem yes. like it does yeah. seem like there's some sort of divine intervention that is I guess all of my teams. Yes. Yeah, specifically aimed at you and your teams. <laughs> I don't know what you did to, to merit that, but um yeah, I I could even I mean I love too much. I smoke too loud. Yeah, yeah, bad. they'll they'll kill you. They'll kill your favorite <laughs> teams. Um that like even even more than like like for for me and I think that, you know, an even easier narrative than than that like I don't even really need the Michigan side of this it's really hard to root against Michael Penix and hard to root against these guys like I I, I don't care who they're playing I I don't care if they're playing yeah. the our know, um the church football our, our buddy team. our buddy at great big idiot on Twitter I, I think you know I do um had a really good tweet about this like kind of a higher one he said it's tough to choose who to cheer for the natty the coolest player in college football <laughs> would be to win a title in the final year of their conference existence or the least cool team on the planet coached by the biggest weirdo who's also a cheater. Yeah. Um. I I do, I will say, <laughs> I, I will admit, I do think that I, I kind of like the way that Jim Harbaugh is weird. Like, he's he's annoying, and, and the the question, I don't know who keeps asking him about f- his faith. I don't know why everybody does that at every press conference. Like, could you, could you explain what rating do you think Jesus would have it's, as a recruit? Like, who's asking? Yeah, it's because instead of instead of a Medal of Honor in the Michigan beat, they just give you Jim Harbaugh's semen stains and clothes. Uh, yeah. that's how you that's how you show pride. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, most beats you get a Medal of Honor. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you get you get a purple, purple heart. Yeah, you get <laughs> the purple heart if you get Ryan Day to get a player injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, it's uh, you know, I I I I do appreciate when he's not being purposefully like, oh, he's so quirky, right? Like when he's just being a regular, the regular amount of weird that he is instead of going out of his way to do it. I do appreciate that. But like, it's just, just this Washington team is, is unopposed in, in, in vibes <laughs> in, in how it would, it, what what it would, what it would feel like to see them win a championship. Because I think that they have, absolutely like the everything they've done this year has been building toward this and and it's it's not like a team of of destiny thing it's that they've gone and done it and they've found a way 14 times now and Michigan has too but it, it is really 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 difficult for me to root against a team that has so frequently you know just like you said beaten the beaten the expectations, beaten whatever the odds were, and just gone and done it. And, and, and you know, stood on what they believe in and, and gone out and, and played that way and, and played with total confidence in their guys and, and put the ball in the hands of their playmakers when they need to go make a play. And, and you know, passing the ball on fourth down all season, they did that. <laughs> fourth and two, fourth and three, yeah. they passed the ball. On third and long, they passed the ball. They they trusted Michael Penix and these receivers to go make plays and they did it. And they trusted their receiver, their, their defense to go make plays when they needed to. And they did it. And it's really hard to, you know, to, to, to root against something like that, to root against a team that plays that way, because it does, that's how you, that's what you, that's what you do. That's how you do it. That's, that's, that's what it is supposed to be when building a team. And that's not to say, I'm sure that, that, that Michigan has its own stuff like that, but Washington's is this rise to the championship game was entirely organic entirely this is not a program that in recent memory has been here has been this good and and they've gone and done it and uh they're they're gonna get they're gonna get one more one more game and it's even beyond just whatever the result of that game is I'm glad we get to see these guys play again I really really like watching this team play I really like watching Michael Penix play and I'm glad that we get one more game to do that that we get the maximum number of Washington games this season um because I think that it is deserved I, I I think that they have absolutely there's nothing that I could watch this team play forever. I could watch this team play every single season, just indefinitely. I, I'm, I'm, they are, they're, they're, they're wonderful. They're really, really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna leave it here on this note because um, <clears throat> we're gonna have a full preview episode coming uh, before the championship game. Obviously, yeah. um, I would just say to do this: it. Yeah, <laughs> if you are, if you are not a fan of either Michigan wazoo or oregon and you were rooting for michigan in this game 
you have a deeply corrupted soul. Or, or Florida, apparently. Florida for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you do not root for one of those three teams and you're rooting for Michigan, you as you were a bad person. You should consider, um, you know, finding your way to reincarnation. That's uh, the way I'll put it. Um, <laughs> you, you don't deserve college football. That's what you want. Um, it's that simple. I don't know if I'll go that far, um, <laughs> but it's hard to root against Washington. My, I'll, I'll leave it. My last note on this. I can't believe we have not. We've not actually said this to this point, Ryan. the The South has fallen. The South has fallen into the ocean. It's gone. the 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 South has has fi- at long last. The sea has risen up, and has uh, has has corrected uh, history's mistakes. And the entire southern portion of the United States is gone. It's been wiped off the face of the earth, and we have an all northern championship game. We have perhaps. Realistically speaking, the northernmost championship game that the FBS could possibly create, um, like I don't Boston, yeah, Boston College UConn got in there. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> like you, like I don't think UConn's going to win a championship anytime soon. I, I don't know. I'm not great with maps. I don't know where like Syracuse is relative to Michigan, but this is about <laughs> as northern a championship game as you could possibly get. We won. We did it again. We beat their ass a second time. Uh, we love it. Yeah, it's uh. It's the first time since 2014 this has happened, where we had that 2014 with Ohio State and Oregon. Yeah. Uh, and these are the only two times in the BCS or playoff era. Yeah. Uh, the first and last, the four-team playoff era, is the only time we've had no Southern teams. So I think the takeaway lesson we can all get from this is that we have to change the playoff format every two years. Um, <laughs> and that's the only way to prevent that. <laughs> oh, yes. That is what we need to start doing. And also, we need to uh, we need to welcome all of the glorious Dakota schools into the FBS ranks. We need to start bolstering <laughs> our, our, our troops. We need to add them into the fold so that we just have a little bit more... A little bit more juice in in there, and uh, you know uh, that, that's uh, I think that that's a good plan. But yeah, it, it does. Uh, yeah, it does feel good. I mean, and even just like if, hey, if I wasn't an Ohio guy who who had that natural affinity for just everything northern states, like I'm never gonna live south of of Utah. That's the furthest south I'll go. Um, I don't like the warm weather. Which I, is I, the I like, south to clarify? Yeah, is yeah. <laughs> the south famously that is the no, northern Utah, the northernmost part of Utah is the south. <laughs> Logan, Utah is the south. Um, <laughs> Um, but like I don't, I just I, that's I've, I've got that in my blood. But like even just as a as a college football fan, it's nice to not see the same fucking teams in the championship game. It's nice to have a championship game that doesn't just have the same teams in it, where it's not Georgia against some team that Georgia's going to beat, or Alabama against some team that Alabama's going to beat. All of them from the South. Um, it's nice to get something different. It definitely is. I mean, you're 100 right about that. Um, I'm going to ruin our our cool sign off here by because I just saw a piece of trivia mm-hmm. on the BCS National Championship game page. Okay. Um, there were eight companies that sponsored BCS title games. Um, would you like to take your best guess at naming them? Oh God, I don't know if I could name one of them. Um, <laughs> that's, that is a that is buried in a in a, the the recesses of my brain. That is gone completely. Um, well, one of them is a big time bull sponsor. We all know him. Did um, uh, did did Totino's do it ever? Not Totino's, but you're pretty close to the name. I think uh, it's, it's the, not the pizza roll company, but the chip company. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was Totino's that did the chips. To, Totino's. Is it Tostitos? Is that who does Tostitos. it? Tostitos. <laughs> Tostitos. <laughs> well, uh, we are uh, we are calling you out as a fake ass junk food fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're saying. You eating straight tortilla um, chips, brother? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've done worse in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got nothing else in the house, um, you, sometimes you're gonna have to eat just some regular tortilla chips. Maybe put a little bit of lime in the bag. Uh, not that bad, but yeah. come on, you can't. There are uh, okay, just to get, get off my eating habits here. Mm-hmm. There are uh, two cell phone companies that sponsored them. Did you name either one? Did AT and T do it? AT and T did it once, in 2002. Hmm. Um. Hmm. There's did- one other one that. Uh, does not really make many phones anymore. It's famous from very durable phones. Oh, Nokia. Nokia probably did it. Nokia, yeah. yeah of course. Yep, that's three of the eight. Okay. Um, we <laughs> have an insurance company uh, for one of them. Oh, probably Allstate, right? Well, there's Allstate. Yep, yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's two more. Or that's that's one more. So we're now at four total mm-hmm. sponsors. 
Um, one of them is a bank. Uh, used to be run by Jamie Dimon. Oh, I fuck. Think. Um, JP Morgan? Uh, I said the wrong guy. <laughs> that is correct. That is not the sponsor. I didn't think um, so. I didn't think I remembered a JP Morgan National Championship game. No, it's, uh, I think they spot, they sponsor the Mets field. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe, uh, you know, everybody loved the 2008 National Championship game brought to you by uh, Lehman <laughs> Brothers. It went really well for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, the Paris Thirds 7 one kind of required a shake-up. Um, it's Citibank. Citibank uh, had uh, two I don't, championship games. I don't remember that at all. They had two? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, there's a, a credit card company that works at Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you, you know the commercials? Uh oh, um Capital One? No. Uh, uh, that is the one she does. Fuck. Okay. I'm getting Come on, you're wrong. you're fucking me up. <laughs> uh, is it Discover? It's Discover. Okay. It's Discover. Yeah. Um what else here? We have a shipping company. Uh well, probably one of the two. Was it uh was it FedEx? <laughs> okay there we go uh and our final one it's definitely one of the 10 biggest tv manufacturers in the u.s Hmm. um oh i don't even know if it's an american company it's it's an american company i i said i don't know if it's an american company but then you can Uh, buy their tvs in america so was it sony nope hmm Think of some TV brands. I'm looking at a I'm looking at a, a big old Philips right now. I don't think it was Philips. Uh, not Philips. I don't know. Not Sony. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Vizio. Vizio. That's right. Yeah, Vizio. Of course, classic, classic kind of TV yeah. to have. Uh, Ryan, I've got a I've got a bit uh, of trivia. I've got a bit of uh, of rebuttal trivia there for you. Do you think any of those companies okay. are uh, are completely exempt from the Epstein list and their list of executives? <laughs> Do you think any of them? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Tostitos does not have any one of these. We have no way to know. <clears throat> we have no way to know. We'll never know, folks. And we love yeah. it. Yeah, we love it. We love to not know. 